I had top surgery. This is what you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was um, trying to like let you, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I had top surgery. <laughs> I don't want to like point out, you'd be like, you had top surgery. <laughs> Didn't you? Admit it. Ad- <laughs> Just get a light and like shine it in your eyes. Like, where are your boobs? <laughs> what did you do with them? <laughs> um. we, we have a whole team searching your house right now for your boobs. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. What's up, all you fan whores, your whore heads, your Canuck sluts, the pod babes. Shout out to all the vanilla villains out there. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Yeah, that's like the moment of the show where I sound the most like the title of the show before I veer off into myself. Uh, Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hi, everybody. Here are my feelings. (laughs) But I'm glad you, uh, you found the show. Glad you're over here. Welcome, welcome. Every week we host sex positive conversations with comedians and dating experts and porn stars and Musical acts, and one time I had a senator on the show. Going to see if we can get another. Anyways, everybody, this week on the show, I have gone comedian Deanne Smith. This is an episode that has been like four years in the making, so I'm thrilled that I finally have them on. Going to share that conversation with you in just a little bit. Uh, but first, Man Whore Con, everybody. Man Whore Con. It's coming up. It's coming up quick. Did you get your weekend pass yet? Do you have the, did you use your points, get your flight and your hotel taken care of? You arranged that PTO. What are you waiting for? What's wrong with you? The party's going to happen soon. And if you don't figure this shit out, you're going to miss it. August 3rd through August 6th, we're taking a long ass weekend. The whoreheads, the fan whores, the pod sluts. We're coming together in New York City for uh, some parties, some performances, some salons. Weather pending the nude beach. So get your weekend pass today in the notes, which we all know now is short for show notes. And any and all links, anything you need to click, tap, or use, they'll be in the notes, everybody. Before I get to this week's guest, Deanne Smith. Did you know that the best way you can support the work that I'm doing is by joining my fan whore community on Patreon? Yes, surprise, surprise, actual dollars is the best way to keep a roof over my head, condoms on my cock, and new episodes in your feed. And through the end of June, I am offering a free trial to test out all the great rewards, all the bonus episodes, all the access. Just a few more days left to sign up for a seven-day free trial. Then you'll be able to hear my bonus episode tomorrow with Deanne Smith completely free. And you'll also get a shout-out here on the show. So the fan whore appreciation moment this week goes out to Salty Malty. I'll be honest, I did not look you up because I don't think Salty Malty is going to get me. I, I mean, I think that might be Kids in the Sandbox. I think I'm just going to get a really gross porno link if I look that up. But nice try. But thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. And you too can become a member today. You can even become a member for free at patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app and find me on there. Deanne Smith is a uh, stand-up comedian. I, I reached out to them back in 2019. I saw this viral clip 
uh, the stand-up set that they did in at a Canadian comedy festival. And in the clip, they're like schooling straight men on how badly they're doing with straight women. So much so that it's making it easier for Deanne to fuck those straight women. The girl I'm dating now, until now, has exclusively dated men. It is so easy to impress her. Oh my God, guys. It's ridiculous. I just show her like basic human decency and she loses her mind. (laughs) Straight guys, I don't know what you've been doing until now, but it is clearly not enough. It is not enough, you guys. I make this girl dinner, it blows her mind. I give her flowers. She talks about it for months. I ask her how her day went. She orgasms on the spot. It's insane, you guys. It's crazy. And I could relate a lot to this bit, Anyways, I reached out to Deanne back in 2019, and uh, and we and then the world ended, and so we've been exchanging emails for years, trying to figure out when and how, and are we doing masks or no masks, and who's got shots, and finally everything has lined up properly where we could uh, where, where I could come on over to their pad and uh, compare and contrast our bookshelf uh, situations. I hope you uh, I hope you have as much fun with this one as I did doing it. Let's go chat with Deanne Smith. So I wasn't able to see your last naked comedy show. You asked me to be a part of one and I was like, (laughs) let me check it out first. But then today you came in. We don't know each other at all. This is Mm -hmm. our first conversation. But you came up here talking about being in the... I mean, what do we say? The play community? Not that. You were talking uh, about play parties, I go, right? Yeah, I go to play parties. Yeah, the play community. Well, yeah, just to <laughs> be like this thing from called. like Swingerland. But yeah. like, yeah, I'm like in the sex, pause, poly, whatever There we go, scene. sex, yeah. pause, poly. And I was piecing it together. I'm like, man, it is so smart to have a naked comedy show where there you are. First of all, it's smart to be like a public person. And then you're like, who knows, attracting partners. Um, yeah. But just to be there, like, this is the whole situation. This is me naked, trying to be my funniest. Who wants a piece? Yeah. It's a very it's a very smart thing to do. Yeah, someone was asking what's the benefit of naked comedy. I was like, if a chick comes to talk to me after the show, like after the eight o'clock on Friday, which as a producer I was too busy turning over the room to like properly flirt with her. Yeah. Moron. Um uh, like I should make everyone wait outside to come in to be like, let me lay some game first, please. Thank you. <laughs> no, but it was like, um, if someone comes up to me to talk after they must be interested. This yeah. is on display. I have not worked out. If you're into it, you're definitely into it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing. I have a friend that just started talking about being poly on stage, like a comedian Mm -hmm. friend. And girls now are coming up to him kind of referencing that part of his set. And he's like, are they coming on to me? Are they? I'm like, yeah, Yeah. bud. Like, you should feel free to just be like, hey, you're cute. Can I have your number? Mm -hmm. Because he wants to be respectful and he doesn't know. But I'm like, no, for sure. If they're going out of their way to talk to you about that part of your set. Yeah, it, there's there's also something I think impl- like uh, especially if you talk about having a partner, then there's like oh another woman already cosigns in the current present tense cosigns this man. Oh yeah, he not, she will not only stay with him, she's gonna let him fuck other people. Let's see what's up. Yeah, so this is very bold of me to just uh, head into right away. But I for why did I think you were gay? I get that a lot. But but based <laughs> on nothing about meeting you, I just mm. thought that. Y- I thought you were like, I have a gay podcast. <laughs> Did that never happen? Never happened. Huh. Are it's, you a, it's, a, it's also funny because, no. What the hell? I don't know where I got this idea because I've literally like <laughs> not seen you perform yet. I wasn't able to go to the show. Sure. 
I didn't even get a read on your vibe. I'm saying purely from the emails. You I still invite me into your home. So risky. <laughs> that is actually pretty risky. <laughs> Meanwhile, you look like someone who could have bullied me in high school. This is like. <laughs> oh, really? No, oh, because the haircut? No, no. You know what it is? Like right now, you look like the like cool, soft, sensitive guy who like smokes cigarettes. Though. Oh, it's my like God. I fucking love this. Thank this you is- for telling me this. Okay, wait. Let's have a moment. And, and, and your old vibe from the viral video. Yeah. You also look like you maybe could have beaten up that guy. Yes. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm evolving. I mean, I want to stay in the right direction because if I seem cooler, I'm into it. This is like very Sean Hunter. Oh, okay. Yes. I did recently get a somewhat severe haircut. Parts in the middle. It's very shaved underneath. Nice. I can't decide if I like it, but not deciding if I like it is also very freeing. Okay. Because it's not how I'm used to looking at myself in the mirror. So I just get up put the hair, you know, part the hair in the middle and then go, Ugh, I don't know. And then just go out into the world. And it, it honestly feels nice. Yeah. But at least you get to like have say in that process when you go like, eh, I don't know. Whereas an I have to be like, huh, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> oh, I've, I've been there a million times. You ever heard, like have a date or you're going somewhere you want to look good. And then you look in the mirror and you're like, Whew, guess it's too late to change my entire body shape. <laughs> That's me yeah. before every play party or naked show. Yeah, right? I'm just like, I was supposed to start working out again three weeks ago, wasn't I? Oh, yeah, right. We had a date on the calendar. This is all my fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, but not to be body shaming, to be body pause. And then you just embrace it and you're yeah. like, fuck it. I'm aging. I don't know if anybody else is, but okay. I'm experiencing <laughs> time in a linear fashion. And the thing that's blowing my mind about it is like how much the body changes over Mm -hmm. time. But also I'm recognizing like, man, I have spent way too long in my life, like hating, hating my body and I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, and then as I'm aging and it's changing, I go, oh, well, I don't like this new wrinkle, but five years ago, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, no, five years ago, you also weren't happy. So I just feel like the game is really be as happy as you can with your body in the moment that you're Mm -hmm. in, because it's the best one you have. And yeah, it's, you know, we, it's how we're going to experience this 3D world. It's all we have. I look at pictures from five, 10 years ago and I hate my body. I've always hated my body. Yeah. I always was like, I need to lose whatever weight. I look at now, I'd be like, I would murder, not you, but I'd murder three people on the street <laughs> to have that if body? I definitely get it back. Yeah. Right now. I'm like, you kidding me? I would take it right now. Isn't that wild? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, and then today you're going to one day look back and be like, man, I, you know, my body was so capable then or it was whatever it was. Capable. I was like, yeah. that was a real subtle nod at like, your dick's going to stop working at some point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant at all. I just, you know, I, I mean. But yeah. I had, I had this all like three days ago. I looked in the mirror, both with the whole like, oh, I better be happy with what's do it now because like one day it will not work and but also the the weight thing too i was just like i hate it 10 years ago yeah i'm probably gonna want this back 10 years from now so let's just like this now yes this is what we're talking about what have you been hating what have i been hating about my body oh well this is well in the past tense what have you finally grown to love well yeah oh my (laughs) gosh there's so much to get after here let's start with when i realized that it was a big problem, I think, was I used to have, well, I don't know. I would say that I used to have bad skin. I don't know if anyone else would say that, um, but but that's how I felt, right? And honestly, yeah. I used to have like straight up like body dysmorphia where I truly believed, and I know this is going to sound bananas to some people, but I truly believed 
that I was really hideously ugly. And the reason people didn't talk to me about it was because it was so obvious. Okay. Like no one like went out of their way to bully me or tell me I was ugly, but I was like, we all just understand. Do you know what I mean? So there was no confirmation in the outside world of it, but the mm. lack of confirmation was the confirmation to me. Right. Like, oh. And so when I was in my 20s, I had to go on birth control um, for menstrual stuff. And then my skin cleared up a lot. And mm. then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I'm so fat. And that was incredible for me because I was able to recognize, hang on, the feeling is still here. It just went to something new. Mm-hmm. So it must not be about the thing. It's about this feeling. You're like, which, I might hate just me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is uh, insidious and roaming. And the feeling is going to attach to something. So it's really about, it's not about whatever it's attached to. It's about getting after that feeling right. of I hate myself, right? And honestly, when I started comedy in late in my late 20s, this is something I don't think I've ever talked about publicly. Um I was afraid to start in the way that I truly believed. I'm going to get booed off stage for being so ugly. (laughs) I know your face is like, what? I'm like a very normal looking person. Also, comedians are like, it's like the one safe space for ugly performers. (laughs) True, true. Um, And uh, And radio. My girlfriend at the time. Yeah, my girlfriend at the time is like Asperger's and very like practical and was like, okay, well, and very gentle, very sweet. And I confessed in her this fear, confessed to her this fear. And she said, well, just see if it happens. Just try it and see if people boo you off the stage for being ugly. I was like, all right. So then I tried it. People did not boo me off the stage for being ugly. And then, then from there, it was a few years of reckoning noticing the difference in what I thought about myself and the feedback I was getting from the world, which was pretty positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So comedy really helped me heal that now that I think it through. Although the feeling persists, it finds new things to attach to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not nearly as like big and debilitating as it was. But you were getting outside confirmation through like dating or hookups or whatever, right? Yeah. I'm not, I wish I was more of a hookup person. I'm more of a like meet you and now we're married for three to four years <laughs> okay. and then we're not. Um, but yeah, through like dating and just just meeting people and being like, oh, I'm a person in the world like right. all these other people in the but world. But like you're not alone. So it's not like <clears throat> you, you, but you had the confirm- outside confirmation of like people interested. So like were you just thinking they're the idiot dating you or did you ever have to go like maybe i'm not ugly because people seem interested yeah i think i got to that point um and then the the challenge now and i really consciously think about this sometimes before i look in the mirror as i recognized years ago i would look into the mirror like either prepared to be disappointed or ready to hate myself Mm -hmm. and then i was like what if i looked into the mirror as if i was someone that i loved what if it wasn't to pick apart every, because I don't, I literally don't look at anybody else that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you like, man, what's wrong with like that little corner area, at, like right here by your eye or oh, your, <laughs> no, eye? nothing. This is what I'm saying. But I'm saying it'd be like hyper specific sure. in terms of like, how many things can we pick apart here? Okay. Um, Can't imagine how you are in a roast battle. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think I'd be really bad. I love one-liners. Weird compliments. Yeah, yeah. I love roast jokes. I I love watching a roast. I think it's the best, but I don't think I'm well suited for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you've also, I could roast myself, I think. I'm but, sure, with, yeah. as we all could. I feel yeah, like yeah. it's the art form. But like, you know, I mean, I, I found I, I gained weight once during a roast battle. Oh, and no. I got off stage, I had to go to my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> I was in the audience watching 50 people laugh at these like subtle fat jokes because oh, they weren't God. like over the top, but just the right amount of fat that like it was like, 
Ah, he nailed it. Which Do is, you remember any of them now? <clears throat> Absolutely. Tell it me some. me every day. Tell me some. It was Mike Coscarelli in the basement of Lovecraft <laughs> at Comedy Fight Club in 2016 or 17. <laughs> and he's, uh, it, it started with the pre- all the jokes were all, the, the, that round of jokes was on the premise of, so as we all know, Billy has no bones. What? It's like, it's like he's not calling me fat, but he's yeah. like clearly saying I'm like shapely. That is, and then everything was off of that. Oh my god! And it crushed. It destroyed. <laughs> it was. You know, that's probably my real fear about doing roast battle is like just one line worming <laughs> its way in there and staying in my brain for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it's been the last six years for me. So. <laughs> cool, worth it. Absolutely, absolutely, totally worth for like an unpaid spot without a TV credit. Oh, great! Glad I went through that. I'm really happy about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, you also since since actually when we started talking, yeah, you were in one space with like your life and your body, and then like we actually exchanged oh, yeah. emails enough like through a certain process. <laughs> yeah, did any of that was you know was uh, hating your body at all involved in that? Or? Oh yeah, so I had top surgery. This is what you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, I was I was um, trying to like let you. Yeah. Oh yeah, so I had top surgery. <laughs> I don't want to like point at you be like you had top surgery, <laughs> didn't you? Admit it. Ad- <laughs> Just get a light and like shine it in your eyes like. Where are your boobs? <laughs> what did you do with them? Um, <laughs> we, we have a whole team searching your house right now for your boobs. We've seen them. We're going to um, find them. No, okay. Yeah. Well, huh. I wouldn't say... I don't know that that was necessarily factored into like, you know, ways in which I've hated myself, but I can mm. definitely say that I was like, you know what? I've spent half my half my life... I hope I'm at the halfway point. Um, half my life in this body that I don't love. I don't love the boobs part. Like I love boobs on other people, but just don't feel like it suits me. And I was never, and I still haven't answered the question, but what bugged me about it was I didn't, I could not separate. Is this how I actually feel about myself that I don't necessarily want to live in this woman's body? Mm -hmm. Or is this how I feel because I have grown up in a misogynistic patriarchal culture and as a little kid like just kind of looked around and went like who would want to be a woman yeah um but having talked it through with people especially like girlfriends or people that were close to me you know i got a lot of feedback from people that were like listen i get it i understand misogyny i understand that we live in a patriarchal culture and i love my female body and i was like oh yeah we're different that way okay um so yeah a year after having done it a year and a few months after having done it i feel great like i really even, I mean, the day after, I was like, yep, absolutely the right choice. This feels really empowering and good. Um, so that's that's been a great thing for confidence and self-esteem and kind of just being in the world how I want to be. Yeah. What was it like about like having boobs that like felt wrong? Like, It's hard to say. I think it's just that, I mean, I'm non-binary. Hmm. It is hard to say. That's a really good question because I don't think I can actually answer it with words. When you wake up and you feel like a weight on your chest, not knowing like how endowed you are. So I don't know how, but anyways, like oh, you're it, feeling, was a, it was a sick rack. I'll, I'll, sick I'll, rack. I will literally. You also, by the way, when I was describing you, you look like someone who would say that was a sick rack. <laughs> oh, with my new haircut. Now that I'm yes. like a sensitive, but also maybe a bad boy. Yes. Yes. It's um, sensitive. It's, it gives total sensitive bad boy. Oh my God. Won't thank hurt you. hurt you, but like is complicated. This is incredibly <laughs> affirming. Um, that's incredible. 
Okay, I already forgot. The, oh, I'll send you pictures because one thing that I did um, in order to raise money for the surgery, I, I did a photo shoot and then I did a little GoFundMe wink wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't tell you I'll give you something, but oh. if you email me, I go, oh, so, so. Um, and I know people who did like Black Lives Matter uh, fundraising that way. Well, well, that's how it started. And that's why I knew it was powerful because I did that in June 2020. I was mm-hmm. like home alone in L.A., feeling helpless, you know, watching this all unfold. And I was like, I have to do something. What can I do from my house? And then a comedian, Sam Mowry, I noticed was doing this like topless fundraiser thing. And Mm -hmm. I think Sam got the idea from sex worker friends. Anyway, I I didn't see it until Sam did it. So I reached out and said, hey, can I like uh, grab this idea from you? Sam's like, of course, the more the merrier. So I did it on Twitter for just 24 hours. And it was send me a receipt to $25 or more to any Black Lives Matter type of fundraising thing um you know nonprofit, something useful and related to black lives matter 25 dollars or more and i'll send you pictures of my sick rack and i stopped counting at thirty thousand dollars um and it was incredible i mean it was mostly coming through in 25 sometimes 50 sometimes 100 sometimes somebody donated 600 you know that that they had the means to do that and yeah, it was incredible. I was happy to have done that. And then I did it again to raise money for the surgery. And then I was like, man, I'm, I'm realizing these guys power a little too late. I yeah. should have got into the um, OnlyFans space a couple yeah. years ago. <laughs> I could have I gotten in. I could have started a savings account real quick before yeah. we got. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think in part, I was able to do that because it had so like my chest had so little meaning to me or resonance mm. to me. It didn't feel necessarily like private and sacred and like it didn't feel like a part of my body i guess so yeah. it was easy to be like yeah you want to take a look at this sick rack go ahead yeah yeah well because you you know you and you kind of like referenced it before is like was it something that was like and it sounds like this is what you were like having conversations about trying to navigate it was like is this something that's like on my body and probably like doesn't feel part of my body or do i feel animosity to what's on my body because it puts a target on me to like this outside massage. Yeah, world. I think that I mean, that is a huge part of it. I can tell you one part I wasn't prepared for post surgery was how incredible it would feel to just walk outside in the world with a t shirt, like no bra, just like mm. my body and then one t shirt. And you know, it's not, uh, you know, grotesque or vulgar or making me a target. Like, women with boobs cannot just walk out of the house. Like, right. you just can't do it. Um, that That's felt incredible. But it's also turned me into such a grub because I sleep in T-shirts. So I sleep in a T-shirt and then it's like, oh, Rudy wants to go out. It's morning. We just go out, start the day. I'm like, I'm still in pajamas. Yeah. yeah. But now can you can you more successfully walk through the world with less grotesqueness well yeah not not i'm not saying that it was grotesque i'm just mean you know the way that a female body would be perceived in the world like mm-hmm. if there's just boobs swinging around you know yeah. you're a target you're you you're like looks like you're acting sexual even though like hey it's just your body you yeah. know but like i do think it's you know it's a it's something i think some people like ask about especially with a lot of like young people uh like a lot of like young afabs like coming out as like trans or non-binary mm-hmm. like playing around with gender almost like is it not that it's like really I don't my stance is just it's none of your fucking business. It's their fucking journey to figure out. Who yeah. cares if they're right or wrong? But it's like, is it a response to misogyny or is it like this isn't part of the body? So that's why I was asking like what what was it like to have? And and you kind of said like it just felt like it was on me and that Yeah, yeah. I can't 
Yeah, I don't think I can actually art- articulate mm-hmm. it. It's just a feeling. And like I said, I didn't decide fully. Is this yeah. really how I feel? But th- then again, it's like no one grows up in a vacuum. Like mm-hmm. how I am is absolutely shaped by the society around me. So it's probably not even really a question to answer. Sure. Yeah. Were you dating anyone uh, while you were going through that? Oh, that's, I mean, that's interesting because yes, I was, but we were, I mean, the relationship was falling apart in retrospect. Okay. Um. So... And she was traveling at the the time and I traveled to Canada to get it done. So we weren't even physically in the same spot. So the people that helped me through it were my best friend, Christoph. He is truly the best and dedicated many days of his life to just mm. hanging out with me and, and doing everything for me. And I stayed with some friends, uh, Zoe and Tim, just giving them a shout out. I stayed in their basement suite in Toronto and it was it was amazing. I felt really like looked after. The, the recovery was... Um, really important not even just like in the physical recovery but i think i was forced to lay around and feel the care and comfort um around me from from the gofundme from the fans or people that i knew that contributed money to my friends that were actually Mm. looking after me i was like oh man i think i needed to know that there was this kind of like love and support in the world and it sounds like there was already a friction going on in the relationship that there was like that wasn't gonna Maybe nudge it one way or the other. It could have, could and should have been maybe a red flag to me that as I was setting it all up, it wasn't my go-to to to think, I want my partner to look after me. Yeah. You know? Um, And it's certainly not the reason that we broke up, but I think she would say that during that time, it was a red flag to her that that I... set it up in a way that she couldn't look after me, right? She would have said, I would have wanted to look after you. You just Mm. didn't, uh, I don't know, trust me enough or something, I think. Do you believe that? I think a little bit, yeah. She's onto something. She's not wrong that um, there was a bit of like distance and a lack of willingness to like really, really trust. Um, and that's, again, an impossible question to answer because she ended up breaking up with me. So it's a little bit like, well, wait a minute, I was right to not trust. Yeah. But but also, you know, if, if she broke up with me in part because she felt that I was like somewhat emotionally distanced, th- that's also fair. Um, I feel like there's, you know, uh, eight sides to a breakup story. There's just so many ways you can tell the story sure. and so many perspectives. Yeah. What uh, What was the conversation like when you went to her to say like, I think there's a thing I want to do. Oh, she's all about it. I mean, she's okay. really like supportive of anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. And so are you out there in the world dating now? I am. Um, this is an interesting, uh, interesting situation that I, but we'll see how much I can. Are reasonably... we on the cusp of like, by the time this comes out, there could be a ring or something? Like... No, 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 no. It's an interesting situation that we'll see how much I can talk about, but um, I am seeing someone. Okay. I would say we're dating. It's complicated because we first got together like four years ago as a thruple. So it was her and her partner. And that was really lovely, I thought. They were experiencing a lot of like internal drama and conflict with the whole thing that they kept from me. So I didn't realize that it was as like tumultuous of an experience for them yeah. um, as it turned out to be. On my side, it was just like, Oh, this is really lovely. Um, were you like dating the couple or were you just like hooking up with the couple? I would say that we were dating. Like it was a romantic thing. It was really romantic yeah, okay. and really sweet. But it was long distance too. So we only saw each other, you know, a few times for like chunks of days at a time. And it was all still very new when the pandemic hit. So it was like March. Yeah, March 2020. I had plans to go see them. Mm-hmm. And 
it was like, I, let's say I was going to fly on a Monday and it was on a Friday that I was like, Ugh, I don't think I can come. Like this, mm. this pandemic thing, this seems really scary. It seems like a really bad time to be. It might be a few weeks of staying home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly it. Might be a few how's, weeks. How's and then June look? Exactly. And I was like focusing on not necessarily the wrong things, but we all had no idea what was happening, right? So mm. one major thing on my mind was like, what if supply chains get fucked and then I can't find food for Rudy, my dog? And I was like, I'm home now in LA. I have food for Rudy for weeks. Like, we're okay. You know, it was just like, I just didn't know. I didn't want to get stranded there. Um, and so I didn't go to see them. And at the same time, this person that I broke up with right after top surgery, well, her, her name's Nicole. I can say this. That's all been very public. Okay. Um, she was in New York at the time. I was in LA. I was simultaneously dating all of these people and it was all above board. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. timeline. It was all above board. And then Nicole flew to me in LA, which of course caused like a major like rift and something to get through. So I would say things things fell apart. Um, Wait, there's a rift for her to come in to visit? Well... It w- like in the way it was emotionally difficult in the way that it's like I was supposed to go see this couple. Yeah. And then instead what happened was a pandemic happened. I stayed home and Nicole came and basically just like moved in with me. And then that was the end of it. So, um, yeah, it was just it was tricky to get through and communication was not the best. So I didn't talk to either one of them for a while. We like really um it really blew up how long had y'all been dating by the time uh lockdowns hit just months just um we'd known each other for almost a year and been dating for like a little more than half a year or something i think how'd the whole thing spark and start up (laughs) this is crazy i think i can you know i'm feeling pretty comfortable talking about all of this part because this part um is on the record i talked about it on a podcast at the time because i was flying high (laughs) it was just incredible it was my first experience um like dating a couple and mm-hmm. like you know obviously it has not ended well i hope that um what am i trying to say i'm an optimist and a romantic and a sucker and a baby and i don't think that like the way in which things kind of feel unsettled and kind of bad now i don't think this is the end i feel like you know if it's okay. not if it's not happy it's not the end like hopefully we'll all get to a place where it feels um calm and and a lot better um but how did it kick off? So we met at uh, a comedy festival. Okay. Um, they lived in that town. And then we like hung out. We were like, uh, there was just something about it where we were all kind of like, oh, okay. And I I ended up like making out with one half of the couple. Okay. And then I came back again later. And we were like, maybe all of us. I, when, the second time I came back, I thought that they were setting me up for to just, you know, hang out uh what am i trying to say not Uh, hang out have sex with them yeah i was gonna say like Um, you're trying not to say a t-word yeah and it didn't (laughs) it didn't happen that time um and then we talked about it later and we're all like no but we do want it to happen i guess we were just feeling shy blah blah blah. and then then i went and and then it was really cute and sweet it was really nice for a minute it was like a really nice sweet threesome yeah i thought so i mean it was hot why do i say it's nice and sweet because you're being like the most wholesome (laughs) i am pretty wholesome and i'm yeah very which is so strange with the tattoos (laughs) there's just such a juxtaposition going on. oh good yeah i gotta i gotta look tough on the outside because i'm saying yeah and it was connective and intimate and (laughs) and we all respected boundaries it was awesome someone said red and we paused and got her water 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just thought, you know, I think it's a miracle, honestly, that any two people can get past their baggage, get through their shit, communicate, Mm. share an intimate moment for however long. If, you know, be in a relationship for a month, for three years. It's a very special thing to actually connect with another human being. Mm. And so it was kind of blowing my mind when it was working. Although in retrospect, knowing how much they were going through, I'm like, was it ever working? I don't know. But um, it was really special to me that three whole entire full-ass people should be able to meet somewhere where it all made sense to, you know, be open and be intimate and trust each other. And I I thought it was very, very special. Was that your first like foray into some kind of non-monogamy, polyamory? Kind of. I thought it was. And then I thought back on my history and I'm like, I've always been tiptoeing around it. Like um, in university, in my first girlfriend was, uh, we actually met in high school. So freaking adorable. But we... We felt long distance because in university we were a two-hour car ride apart and nobody had a car for a minute. So um, we were kind of like, yeah, let's not be crazy about this. We're both 18. If you want to like be with someone else, mm-hmm. do it. But but I had never really done it in a structured way or a way that felt like sustainable and good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've tended to do the serial monogamy thing more. Is that where you think the current thing might go? Or is that still like the type of dating style you do now? Because mm, the last person overlapped with the with Yeah, the so Nicole is very much, um, or at the time I assume she still is, like into polyamory. Or, you know, if not polyamory, let's say, I think she'd be comfortable saying non-monogamy, sure. right? Just absolutely not monogamy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so when I was with her, we were, you know, envisioning things really kind of long term. So I was really wrapping my head around what would it, what is it, what would it be like? What is it like to be with someone who is dedicated to non-monogamy? So, you know, did a lot of reading, did a lot of feelings, followed followed a lot of Instagram accounts, and I feel like I have wrapped my head and my heart around so many of the principles of non-monogamy that it makes sense to me mm-hmm. on a deep level. Personally, I do not think that I have the energetic capacity to have more than one partner. Um, in part because I want to also like treat my friends like um, that they have a very special place in my life and that our relationships are intimate and full and that I'm there if they need me. And well, you don't have sex with your friends. I'm still learning how. To yeah, do but that. I don't have sex <clears throat> with my friends. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying to figure that one out. Yeah, and I think. I'm willing to test this theory, but I do think that I am not suited for hookups, that I'm not good at like the sex with friends thing. I just feel like I get so attached Mm -hmm. that then all of a sudden they're, they're not friends. You know, it's like, it's, it's too intense. And I think it's just a, honestly, I think it's just a chemical and hormonal thing with me. I think whatever happens to me after sex, it's like, ding, you know, the love heart (laughs) eyes are on. I'm hooked in and we're fucking doing this now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. I wish I I wish I felt like I could have more casual sex, but I think if I'm interested in being that close to someone in the first place, I'm pretty into them. Okay. Yeah. But when y'all three were dating, the that the non-monogamy part seemed to go okay. I mean, like, did you have you had good communication? 
Well, no, in retrospect, no. we absolutely did not have good oh. communication because all of us were like keeping things from each other. But um, well, okay, well, not not keeping like other relationships. I think no, just, no, keeping just keeping feelings. Some, okay. Yeah, like um, I wanted to be like, well, what was your secret? No, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, part of my secret was that my feelings were developing at different rates for each member of this couple, mm. and I didn't know how to reconcile that. Sure. So I kind of was like, Ugh. that can be confusing. Yeah, keeping it inside. In retrospect, I think that sort of thing is really normal, really natural. And should be able to be talked about, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, oh, deep, dirty secret. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one of the things. Did you ever end up coming out to be like, look, I'm worried I might like love one of you more than the other? I did. You like know, that? in 2022, we reconnected. Um, and I was kind of saying that sort of thing, but or I had said that sort of thing, but I was like, it's not even more because that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to my heart. I just didn't know how to talk about it. But it was more like the more really truthful answer is that um, I'm more emotionally connected or the emotional connection is like easier for me with one of them than the other. Mm. And that's a huge component of a relationship and of intimacy. Um, so it wasn't necessarily like, Oh, God, I hate to say the phrase love is love. Shoot me now. It's one of my <laughs> least favorite phrases. Um, when when used, you know, it is like a corporate message for pride. What is Every it time you say you do get an email from Bank of America. Yeah, 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 exactly. What does it even mean? Um, oh, it drives me crazy. But but love is love. I, I don't think it's, I don't know about loving more. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think once you're loving someone, you're loving someone. It's, mm. it's maybe just a question of, what that love looks like in terms of action and in terms of like shared activity and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, when y'all reconnected last year, I, I heard like them. So this is like, they were still together and all three y'all reconnected. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Is that when the beginning of what is now started? I think so. Yeah. And then things kind of started falling apart again. Hey. I, I got to start being careful about what I'm saying because sure. I don't want to say too much about like what's going on with them within their relationship because no. I don't even actually I'm, I'm, know. I'm only curious about your relationship to what is going on. Yeah. So I mean, I don't I, need to you know can what's feel, going on between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can but, feel that yeah. right now my relationship is, um, is trepidatious, the world word. It's like I am terrified of being like, perceived the wrong way or mm -hmm. with the wrong intentions and and you want to get text like, messages be like hey you heard on a fucking back yes, exactly yeah. exactly and and like things at the moment i do not feel contentious or sure i don't feel like i'm at war with anybody but i know well that, how about like, this what would you like to be where would you like things to be or to be going with whichever half is things are happening with right now like what are your hopes oh man i mean i just right really now. fucking love her and okay. she really loves me and i can feel that and like i said all of these ideas about non-monogamy and kind of just like freedom of love and expression and whatever have affected me to the point that i think i mean i know this is the most like open-hearted open-palmed I feel like I've ever loved anyone, which is just like... Open palm, does that mean like just like... It means not grasping. It's like, here's my hand. You're like a little bird and you've landed on it. And mm. you are free to come and go. Uh, but my hand is extended. You know, it's a weird metaphor maybe. But I feel very like free with it in terms of like, I am very solid and steady in how I feel. Mm -hmm. And like what I'm... Like I said, it's not just feelings, it's actions, right? And what I'm willing to like do or show the energy I'm willing to put into it 
And I think I've matured to the point or had enough experience where I'm like, and really what the other person does with that is up to them. And you, you, you know, you wanted to be, you want to be treated well, and you hope you have some shared vision of at least the near future. Mm. But I think it's very difficult to give concrete guarantees to each other. And like, I don't, not to say I don't expect because I do expect something, but yeah, I just want to, I want to be free and I feel honestly pretty free about it. I'm sensing, tell me if I'm wrong, and just, again, keeping it to what what you're involved in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not yeah. me guessing what's going on over there. Um, well, one, is it still long distance? Or are they still all the way Yeah, over? yeah, long okay. distance. Uh, are you kind of waiting for a decision to be made? No. No, okay. Yeah. There was a time when maybe I felt like I was, um, and that's been a really interesting space to be in because it's like there is no at the moment there's nothing particularly concrete but it's just a moment to moment day to day time that we see each other to the next time that we see each other you know we're always making plans because it's long distance so Mm -hmm. it's like oh, okay we hung out for five days this time i guess i'll see you again in eight weeks or whenever we can work it out so at the moment it's just kind of moving like that Mm -hmm. yeah and they're still with the other girlfriend i i you know, I th- the other girl was kind of involved in. So there's there's an extra element in the relationship you would otherwise like to be in. It sounds like, I guess, but I wouldn't even say otherwise because it's really like that. Well, because sounds like, like the person I'm in love with, it's free to do whatever. Right, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like regardless, it sounds like you're you're in on this woman. Yeah. Regardless of if she stays with the other woman or not, that's you're, right. It sounds like you're in. Yeah. So it just sounds like. There's stuff being figured out elsewhere without you, and you're like, and I'm, I'm here in I'm New York, here. living my life. I yeah. hope I can keep having you come land on my hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I can't move too much because the dog is. <laughs> but very I can't move. Calm and peaceful right now. <laughs> is, is this one? Is, is this one? Is Rudy normally like yappier or something? Oh no, not at all. This okay, is okay. Rudy's entire you seem, vibe. Like, surprised. Surprised at that the dog is chilling. Oh no, no, no! This is exactly what she's like. She's okay. just uh, picks a lap. And loves to chill on it. Sick. Yeah. Do you, so are you otherwise out? Do you date? Like, are you dang? Are you open? This to is, other I things? mean, this is the fucking thing. You're, I almost got your new haircut. Yeah, I got my are new you haircut. Utilizing it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost wish that I could be dating, but I don't think I'm suited. Um, I don't think I'm suited for it in a way. So I would love to, and I think I will go on more kind of like friend dates and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm very interested in meeting new people and I just love, I love experiencing the world like through other people and just learning about them and what they're into and what they do for a living or whatever, okay. you know, like that's, that's fun for me. It's a great way to experience the world. Um, and I'm can't, ha- can't help myself from falling in love or sometimes even developing like romantic ish feelings for someone. Um, new friends can definitely feel like crushes, mm-hmm. but I don't think that my heart is in a place or that I am in a place to be sleeping with people. Okay. Yeah, I think I I think it would just complicate my life. Part of the reason I I feel this is because like months ago I did go on like a proper date date with someone, and I re- I ended up really liking her. We 
we hung out during the day on purpose because I was like, I'm not going to make any moves in daylight. Okay. <laughs> like I, I kind of told myself, <laughs> don't kiss this person. Um, don't kiss this person today. Just like go out and hang out and see how it feels. And I was like, oh, fuck, I really like this person. But that was the feeling it stirred up in me was like, oh, no, oh, no. Like, my life's about to get super chaotic. And how am I going to, like, be in love with my long distance person? And also, oh, my God. And then I had this revelation, which seems very basic in retrospect, where I was like, Deanne, if something feels like it's going to complicate your life or be chaotic or makes you feel unsettled, mm -hmm. you don't have to fucking do it. No. And I was like, what if I don't do it? And I think I had lived so much of my life just being like, oh, it's this person. Now I'm in love here. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm in love over here. Wow. Check it out. This person's so lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and I it was like, what if we just don't fall in love? And then some weeks passed because uh you know life is busy and i'm always moving around i came back into town we hung out again and i was like i don't know if i'm gonna need to talk to her about this i don't know if the vibe is romantic i don't know if she's into me on that level um i can tell that we really get along and we're definitely gonna be friends but whatever and then at the, at the end of that date, it became clear oh no the vibe is a bit is a bit romantic and we could probably kiss now so um I was like, Ugh, I'm sorry, I don't think I can do this. I wish I could, but I'm kind of in love with someone else, which she had known about from yeah. the beginning. Um, and I thought I could do this, but I don't think I can. That was with the hopes that we could actually just be friends, right? And preserve something sweet. Um, and But she was into it. She was into it. And that's hard to do. Yeah. And then we haven't been able to be friends. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Well, it's tough when somebody wants to like just be your friend and you want more when there's that lopsidedness. And I think that it can also be extra confusing. Like if, if I know someone's into me and they know I'm into them yeah. and there's some other reason why for we, I guess we can't. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's like awkward for, for me. That's awkward. If I'm like, we're going to try to just hang out and not do things because then somebody usually inevitably tries to want to like smooch because smooching is awesome. It is and awesome. I, actually. Yeah. It's my second favorite like sexual activity to do. Right? Oh my God. What's the first? Is the first just straight fucking? Yeah. yeah you looked pretty, at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty yeah, great. It is like, pretty great. Uh, it feels. Yeah. So it's like, but I'm, you know, it's to the point that like, I like making out so much that like I will, someone be, i'll be like i just want to make out and sometimes women are skeptical because they think i want to make out as a means to get to something else and i'm like oh no i'm actually down to just make out like yeah. we can actually just do that and they don't believe me because <laughs> of what others did who look like this yeah of course of course and when and making out gets can get so hot yeah. that you're kind of you want to do more right but like if if you want something the, if you both want the same thing and for some reason you're not going after it, it's like you might just be like why do deal with the frustration yeah it's more like hey call me if call me if it changes yeah i'm, yeah. I'm here in bushwick like give me a call give yeah. me a buzz i'm around Otherwise, like, let's not play with fire uh, and then complicate and make things more chaotic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was an interest. That was an interesting experience. And I think, like, in part, that's what I would be interested in. This is so cheesy, but it's true. That's what you already said. Love is love. Love I mean, is love. You've already broken. First of all, everybody, love is love. Um, I am interested in dating in part for the, like, self-discovery aspects and the nitty and the, like, all of it when you're doing it correctly, like mm. th the way it forces you to be honest with yourself about what you really want and what you're looking for. And, um, you know, I like treating people well. That's fun to How do. Dare you? That's fun to do. Um, because really it's been serial monogamy. I have barely dated. 
or if I've like gone on a date with someone, it's like, we're girlfriends now. And then we're just together for yeah. the next two to four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Deanne, do you have like another like maybe 10, 15 minutes for like a little bonus episode? Oh my God, was, of course. I was thinking maybe like a, what seems like maybe possibly, possibly like a shared favorite topic of okay. um, shitting on men. Um, <laughs> as someone who has, who has bagged several straight women uh, yeah. who have thrown in the towel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> bagged? You're only saying this because I have this new haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought maybe uh, maybe we could talk about any opportunity we can like teach dudes who date women what the fuck they're doing wrong I think is always like a, oh a gift to society so uh, as long as they give me five dollars a month on Patreon so it's, <laughs> uh, maybe we could talk about some of the common complaints you'd hear from straight women who crossed over to give things a try elsewhere oh my goodness uh, what they would be like oh my god this is like not like when I date men like uh, basically that's the vibe I mean yeah you, I, you can do a little bit of that I can try at the end this was wonderful uh, I'm so glad we could uh, link up and chat and I'm glad I got to get to know you and, and see how relaxed rudy is uh, so relaxed oh you know your own name good girl yeah. <laughs> um yeah thanks for hanging out no thanks thank yeah again thank you for coming on yeah. um thanks for uh, no thank you for making me talk more shit about dudes than you i <laughs> really I? feel like i walked into a pit on that one okay uh, i was like i thought we were gonna jump in together no damn it's just I'm general just a, stuff just be considerate of your partner <laughs> now i'm just a gender traitor uh it's nothing new for me uh but where can people go to find you follow you check out your work uh i think you have the you have the one special on netflix like, i where do you, you, you know got? listen good luck to all of you because i have been self-sabotaging my entire career it's push pull and yet you you succeed despite that somehow somehow <laughs> we we managed to carry forward so you can find me uh deanne underscore smith uh, on Instagram, Facebook, I don't pay attention to, but you could go there if you want. Uh, Twitter, you can go there if you want. I should start a TikTok. Haven't done it yet. You could Google Dan Smith. Um, and and I would love for you to see my Netflix special because I recorded it in 2018 and I'm still very proud of it. It holds up. What this you the comedians of the world? Yes, but yeah, I'm telling people, unfortunately, you cannot search my name on Netflix. You have to go to comedians of the world. Then you have to go to Canada. Then you have to find me. Um, or or click the link in the show notes. It's yes. gonna be my way to trick people to do you do when you listen to do you go into the show notes ever when you listen to a podcast? Sometimes, but very rarely because I'm Same. listening on walks or I'm listening in the car. Right. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh, it's in the show notes. I'm like, do people even go there? It's how I feel about like Idaho. I'm like, who goes there? <laughs> um, <but laughs> the show I, notes is just potatoes. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will have links uh to the, the special. I'll also put a link to the clip. I I, I dropped Oh yeah, it, that's a good idea. I dropped it in our Discord server, the champagne room. So it's in there for folks but i'll put it in the show notes here also uh, also oh i should not fail to mention oh snap um i have a new album coming out on july 14th with 800 pound gorilla listen i don't know more than that it's gonna be somewhere do you know the title it's called chawini in a tank top which is my gender identity deal with it chawini in a tank top I did want to call it We're All Fags, which is a track on the album, but they were like, yeah, I don't know if this will be good for like serious XM play. <laughs> it's like, I know you're looking really masked, but not like gay mask enough. Like you're looking, you look like you actually might like, you know, fag bash an actual, like oh, a God damn man, it. right? Like you're, looking, you're too, a little too ambiguous there. Uh, <laughs> Dan, this was wonderful. So much fun. Thank you. Um, and you know, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for spending time with us. Don't forget to go to Billy's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs>
wait, 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 wait. There's a little more content. And I know how much you love content these days. You always want fucking more of it. If you liked it, you're like, why wasn't there more? Then again, that's the attitude that brought us True Detective seasons two and three. So let's just be careful about what we ask for. You know, these are actually good, these bonus episodes. And I've got a bonus episode with Deanne Smith. It's coming out tomorrow. I'm going to play a teaser clip at the end. I just got, I'm going to say a couple more things. And then you're going to have more of Deanne. Isn't that what you want? So just bear with me for a second. The best place to share your thoughts and questions and attitudes about the topics we discussed today are in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. The Champagne Room is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. It's not man whore podcast specific. If you've just been looking for a sex positive place to discuss a variety of topics with like-minded people, the Champagne Room is for you. Link in the notes, but it's also at manwhorepod.com slash discord. Manwhorecon. ManwhoreCon is where it's going to be at August 3rd through August 6th here in New York City. Go get your weekend pass, you loser. What's taking you so long? Yeah, just arrange the dog sitter. Get get it done. Commit. Be out here. Because it's going to be a blast. It's uh, it's not going to be like my reverse gangbang. It's actually happening. We'll talk later about that maybe. <laughs> uh, link to your Manhorcon weekend passes are in the schnotes. My feelings about what happened at Fantasy Fest will not be there. Now, I've got a bonus episode coming out with Deanne Smith tomorrow exclusively on Patreon. Uh, we discuss, you know, men and as usual, you know, what they can do a little better. You can enjoy that bonus episode as well as nearly 300 other bonus episodes for free when you get a seven-day free trial at patreon.com slash podcast. But the free trial, it's only available through the end of June, okay? So if you are hearing this on July 1st or later, you're just gonna have to pony up five bucks. But I have a feeling you're gonna find that all the great rewards are worth it. And if you want to bump up to the $10 level, you can join us uh, in the peep show, sharing our nudes. I'm naked right now. I'll probably, I, I should probably take something and drop it in there and be like, yo, what's up? It's hump Wednesday. Here's my ass hole. Enjoy some more of Deanne. Enjoy the 4th of July if you choose to do so. If you don't live in this country, well, then enjoy your Tuesday. And as always, stay slutty. Yeah. <laughs> What's the most toxically masculine thing about you? <laughs> about me? That's a really good question. I mean, sometimes I, when I'm with my male buddies, I can talk about women in uh, not ideal ways. Wow, <laughs> I feel hurt. You withheld. <laughs> yeah, I have a particular buddy. Our favorite thing to do is like sit on a park bench and be like, hey, did you check her out? I mean, it's not it's not so gross, but uh, in terms of you're, what we're actually yeah, saying. Yeah, now that you're on the microphone, you're so scared to admit that like, yeah, you check chicks out. It's no, like, you I, check them out. I'm just saying we don't say horrific things, but it is a little bit like, did you see that ass? Like, yeah. you know, we're definitely objectifying. Um, and that is fun. That's I hope that's the most toxically male thing about me.